You may know Jackson Pollock, the painter famous for his iconic drip paintings. But what do you know about his wife, artist Lee Krasner? On Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock, the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting, just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Number two of the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. I am Dave Ross here at the South Point Casino in Las Vegas. He is Michael Lombardi out in New Jersey. And Michael, we're going to get to some of these lines here because I do want to pick your brain on them before I make my wagers this weekend. But something just came to my attention that I need to bring to your attention. Jim Irsay, within the last, well, 24 hours, he tweeted this out and I got to get your thoughts on it. And I quote, Colts Nation, don't you worry. We're going to get the horseshoe at least Lombardies this decade as sure as the sun rises and the seasons change it's all caps coming don't you ever doubt that ever you will see greatness believe and you will see okay well I mean what I I guess my answer back to you is what would you expect him to say I mean he's got it you know one thing Art Modell taught me years ago is you know kid we sell hope we sell hope (laughs) You know, and and he was right. I mean, he sells hope. He was P.T. Barnum. He sells hope. I mean, you got to sell hope, right? I mean, you you can't expect him to go in there and say, well, look, you know, this this kicker's got to go, and this Carson (laughs) Wentz doesn't make any plays, and I'm disgusted. And, you know, I had the the under in the game, and I went right out the window in (laughs) overtime. You know, we can't expect him to say that. But I do think they showed resolve. I I think this is going to be an interesting week for them. Yeah. Because, you know, there are 10 point that line shifting back. It's nine and a half. It's nine and a half. Now it's come back. You know, they're not a team that I don't think, to be honest with you, I don't think they will present a matchup problem to uh, Davis Mills in terms of understanding where he needs to go with the football. But I do think that, you know, they'll come out and they'll play well against. I think they'll play well against the Houston Texans. I think they'll throw the football. Wentz actually looked surprisingly to me, I thought he looked really good in that game the other day. Yeah, I he, thought he looked really good. Yeah, maybe his best so far in a Colts uniform. And again, you know, like I, I kid, I mean, I'm the guy on Twitter, Michael, every year that says this is our year with my Jerry Jones gif. So I, I get it. You got to sell hope here. And that's what he's doing with the Colts. But look, if you, if you believe in Carson Wentz and you think he, this is the right fit with Frank Reich, then maybe they got a shot at something. But two Lombardis just feels like an outlandish claim when you haven't got one. Like, you know, no like, like, let's, no let's, let's walk before like, let's we run. Let's just get one, right? Yeah. Let's just get one. Yeah, we can get one. That would be great. But I think that, you know, uh, I think it's really important that we understand that, you know, he's trying to build some confidence in his team, especially as they staggered through this opening of the season. You know, the tough loss, the first two games, you're playing two home games and you lose. Yeah. You know, and then they go into Tennessee. And one of the reasons I really liked Baltimore in that game on Monday night was because when they went to Tennessee, Tennessee kind of is not very good on defense, and Tennessee moved the ball, moved, stopped them offensively. They got to the red zone, they turned it over. But for me, I, I was a little disappointed in how they played at Tennessee, and I thought it would be reflective, and it ended up not being the right call because they ended up going into, uh, they ended up 
you know, not yeah. covering the spread. But for me, it was one of those. But like this week, you know, like in this game, I, I have this game as basically about a seven-point game. Okay. I, yeah, I'm kind of with you. You yeah. know, and I, I, and I think – actually, I have it at 7.87. So, yeah. you know, I, I think that, that with the line at 10, I think it's coming back to my number. Yeah, it is. Nine and a half year bet MGM. So, Michael, they're, they're picking up what you're putting down. Uh, we're going to have Rick Doc Walker on next segment. Can't wait to talk to the DSC. Always keeps it real when it comes to Washington football. Uh, later on, we're going to oh, have Lou Finicaro. Oh, yeah. How can you not keep it real in Washington football? I mean, <laughs> seriously. Well, that's what I want to ask you. Done, has, the punter, has the punter done enough for that franchise to destroy it? I mean, seriously, is there any more he can do to destroy a franchise? He's done a lot of damage there. And I just wonder how which team to back here on Sunday. Because, you know, we talked about it with Steve Mackinan. The Chiefs right now are the most publicly bet team. They're, they're awful. We know this now going on two years ATS. They're going on the road against Washington football. They're Playing a significant number here on the road, opened up six and a half at MGM. And Washington can't stop anybody. So, you know, on the surface, it goes, it feels like the, the get right spot for Patrick Mahomes and company. But who do you trust? Because really, right now, Michael, it's uh, hard to trust, trust either one. Here, here's who I trust I trust Andy Reid versus Jack Del Rio. Okay. Just like last week, I trust Sean Payton versus Jack Del Rio. I, I was on the Saints last week. I'm going to trust the matchups. And and I think that in this game, with Ta- the more Taylor Heineke plays, the less effective he'll become. And because I think size does eventually his arm and all those things. But they're not going to stop Kansas City from moving the ball. Kansas City will throw the football effectively. Del Rio doesn't do enough on scheme-wise to really hinder Kansas City. And it'll be a little bit like the Eagle game. I mean, look, the one game they covered, they went back into Philly and covered. Here's what I would say. Okay. And I know past predicts future achievement. But here's what I would say. I would say this. Andy Reid knows his defense can't stop anybody. And so I don't think he's ever going to take a chance, ever, of, of taking his foot off the gas. I think he's going to try to keep scoring every time he gets the ball. I think he's going to try to build a 21-point lead and then just try to keep building that and just keep playing and trying to add to that lead as best he can because I think that's the only way he's got to play to win games. He's got to play offensively to outscore people. And they're so bad on defense that, you know, my numbers in this game, shockingly, my numbers in this game are, you know, it's just barely, you know, Washington playing at home. You know, I have them at 4.81 and the line's six and a half. Wow, I gotta tell you too. I saw the Bet MGM opened up at I mean, fifty four and a half. I, I thought for sure when I when I did my numbers, I thought for sure this would be a piece. But Kansas City's numbers, Dave, are bad. Yeah, defensively, to your point. I mean, Andy Reid knows what he has there. He doesn't have a lot. Steve Spagnuolo. I'm a little bit surprised by by Coach Bags that he hasn't figured out a way to manipulate this defense at all. So far this year, we'll see if he can turn it around. But I'm going to keep banging that over, Michael. Uh, and when I play Kansas City, I'm I'm banging overs until they can prove to stop somebody. And they Washington, have to, you have to bang overs. You have to bang because they'll never get control of the game defensively. They'll never get control of the game defensively. They can't. Yeah, totally agree. Let's talk about a team that can control a game defensively here, and that potentially is New England. And I look at the Cowboys coming in here. We talked about them in the first hour. The last remaining undefeated team, ATS five and zero here. Going up against the Patriots on Sunday, uh, the line opened at three and a half here at BetMGM. The over/under at forty-eight and a half here. Again, it's down to four. So New England taking a little bit of money here, Michael. What do you make of this number and the way it's going? And the over has gone up three points, significant line movement since it opened up on Monday. 
You know, I, my sense of this game is I had this as a 3.18 game based on the power rankings. Now, you know, Dallas gives up. you got to be careful with Dallas because they get some leads and some of the yards they give up late in the game kind of really isn't indicative of where they are. And as much as we talk about Iowa's ability to turn the ball over in college football, Dallas's ability to turn the ball over in pro football is remarkable. I mean, one more interception, and they'll have more interceptions than they had all of last year. They're <laughs> creating turnovers at a rapid rate. Can this continue? Can this keep going? I don't know. I think their offense is so good they'll continue to keep scoring. There's no doubt. And they're hard to defend because they can play, you know, they could play the, let's call this the Urban Meyer way, gain 250 <laughs> off running and passing, even though there's only 48 teams who have done it, you know. Um, so I, I think that, that that would be the case. I mean, I, my initial Monday morning reaction was I thought this was going to be a, a six-and-a-half point game. Right. right. Okay. So let's work backwards here. Dallas goes to Tampa, and they're a 10-point dog in da- in Tampa. Remember opening weekend? Oh, yeah. I kept saying on the air, that's ridiculous. Like, they're, they're going to – they can – the one thing the Cowboys could do is backdoor cover because mm-hmm. we knew they could score, right? We knew they were going to score. We knew their offense with the skills they had and that they – in that game they had Collins at right tackle and Smith was healthy at left. So we knew they were going to be able to block, you know, and they, that was a close game. Now New England – Tampa goes to New England – and they're a six-and-a-half-point favorite, right? And it opened at seven and got bet hard at the on Sunday night, way down to six-and-a-half and covered. And Tampa covered by three. Now the Cowboys are a four-point favorite. Some shops four-and-a-half. Is that the right number? Wow. You know, is that is, – I, I kind of keep – if you just play that game, how Dallas is – and it goes back to your really great point is, are we overreacting to the Dallas number? Uh, again, it, it makes me cautious as a Cowboy backer because I've, I've been on the right side with them so far this year, and I'm wondering when the worm's going to turn there with the betting market and, and see how this plays. But right now, the number's too small for me, and when it lines up with your number, Michael, as almost right on uh, your line at, what, 3.1, I believe you said, boy, it yeah. shows that the, the, the market is not inflating the Cowboys. They're not inflated yet. So it might get there. But it's not there yet. Oh, now yet. it's down to three and a half, Dave. We right. got three and a half here. We're getting closer and closer wow. to the Lombardi line right there. Uh, so yeah. I might still back my boys while it's not too inflated a price. But I'm waiting for that to change. And I think it will change in time. Uh, we mentioned the Ravens here. And when you're coming off a huge win, Michael, uh, like they had Monday night in comeback fashion, dramatic fashion, and now you welcome in the Chargers. I don't know how much stock you put into the West Coast to East Coast thing. Uh, and it isn't an early start on the East Coast. It's a 1 p.m. kick uh, in Baltimore on Sunday. And, and I look at this and I go, boy, it lines up to me to be a Charger play. But the number open at three and a half, it's down to three. So L.A. is taking some early money. What do you make of this number? I mean, there was no money this morning on the Baltimore at all. There was no money. I had the number set right at 2-5. I had it at 2-5. And, you know, and, and, and I thought that that was the right number. Hmm. So, you know, it's right there. It's within, you know, as I say all the time, you're right into that, that uh, you know, that, that what I call the variance, and it's the variance where there's really not a significant movement in it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, right now, I'm a little bit cautious about playing that game. But, again, I'm almost looking at it like, until Justin Herbert proves me otherwise, and I know people on the other side are going to say, well, what about Lamar Jackson? What, what's, what's he giving you any reason to have pause in? I'm probably going to take the points if I had to play it right now and feel comfortable with that field goal because it feels like a field goal game 
either way. All right, Mike, we got to take no a doubt. quick break. Yeah, but the problem is, the problem is you're taking a team without a field goal kicker, and one team has oh, it. Good point. When we come back, this man caused me a lot of trauma as a kid. We're going to workshop through that with Rick Doc Walker. When we come back right here on the on the Lombardi Line on Veasan, the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VEASAN.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for money line over-unders and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way. VEASAN is here to make you a smarter better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at VEASAN.com. Back here on the Lombardi Line, Dave Ross alongside Michael Lombardi and Michael our next guest, the DOC, Rick Doc Walker. I, I have an affinity for this guy, Michael, but he also caused me a lot of trauma as a kid because he, in that fun bunch in the 80s, would go down to Texas Stadium and jump on our logo when they scored touchdowns in the end zone. And I didn't like that as a kid. Thank God that Dennis Thurman and Michael Downs tried to get in the mix there. But we welcome in the DOC. He runs Washington, D.C. Of course, won a Super Bowl with those Washington football team, coached by Joe Gibbs back in the day. Doc, it's always great to have you on, your pro- on the program. And I do want to talk about things that you and I know very well. Michael does, too. It's culture, okay, with the Washington football team. And you were there with Joe Gibbs when they were winning Super Bowls, right? And you know what that culture was like. And you know what it's been like in the decades past with all the things that happened this week and the emails that come out. They were supposed to be going and looking into the Washington football team. It got John Gruden fired or resigned from his post here. What's the current culture now? And can Dan Snyder keep going in this capacity? Well, yes, I think so. I think Mr. Lombardi will co-sign with me. And, Mike, I don't envy you. Trust me. It's what you got to do for make a living working with that guy next to you. But this is the this is the way that it has been. And um, until you root it out from the top down, not bottom up, top down, all they're doing is fooling themselves. And but yet as a player, I don't give a crap. That's not why they're not playing good football. They're not playing good football because they're not coordinated. We got an ego problem going now. And what happens when you pay young people a lot of money, put C's on their chest, they're not ready for it. See, I don't think they're doing what they're being coached to do. I think there's some infighting philosophically. And when you got the money these young kids have now, they pout and just do their job, which makes you look bad. Now, they had a little more activity this last week, but it's, it's been horrible. Yeah. Doc, let me, let's talk about that. I mean, you know, Del Rio is the offense defensive coordinator you know, he's got all these first-round picks, and none of them are playing, to the, including Chase Young. I've never seen a player who enjoys running past the quarterback more in my life than Chase Young, and, and I've yet to see the quarterback turn and run in that direction. So, you know, he's always out of the play, even though the announcers can't wait to tell you how great he is. But do you think this is a, a scheme problem, or do you think this is an entitlement problem, that everybody's trying to get sacks and cr- get up their cred as opposed to playing good team defense? I agree with you there. You know, you can talk X's and O's. I saw Richie Pettibone, one of the best ever, in my opinion. And our front four, the way those guys played, they may not have been in total sync because Dexter was going to be Dexter. But the guys <laughs> knew how to cover for him. 
They knew how to cover for him. Earl Grant, Rich Mallott, God rest his soul, they were a coordinated unit. When a guy runs upfield and doesn't get success and keeps running upfield, that's either IQ problem or he's pouting. And they got to figure it out. It's about ego, Mike. I hate ego when it comes to game day. And that's what we see now. And the politicians with the press conferences and blah, 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 blah. Do your damn job. Match them up better. They got Landon Collins on a sprinter. That's brain dead. So figure it out. They threw a Hail Mary at the end of the half, and none of our guys jumped. None of them found the ball. And they had the audacity to say, well, we didn't think they were going to do that. Are you serious? I mean, it, it, Doc, you it can't almost looked like up. they didn't practice it. Doc, it looked like they didn't practice it. I, I, I mean, I've said this many times on this air. D- Dan Snyder has basically been taken out. But if Dan Snyder was the Dan Snyder that you know and I know, this coaching staff would be getting fired. Listen, they'd be going out of there. There wouldn't be all this, oh, everything's fine. You know, we got Ron Rivera. There would be some, there would be, I don't want to say accountability, but there would be blame going to the coaches. There's no doubt. And that was, to me, symbolic of the lack of attention to detail in their team. Either they're not communicating it to the players or the players aren't hearing it. But that was the worst I've ever seen Mm. of an end-of-the-half defending the Hail Mary pass. But we look like Dallas did last year. That's who we've taken on. We've taken on the Cowboys posture, and they've taken on the 85 Bears. So what is happening right now, and I'm not a hater. I love the way they're playing. I'm glad to see Prescott doing what he does well. They got an excellent team. But we got 12 weeks to go. And what I'm trying to say to our our faithful, we got 12 weeks to go. We went 0-5 and and ended up 8-8. Marty Schottenhauer's club went 0-5, ended up 8-8. So we got we weren't stuck on stupid. We got off and found it. The question is, will this arrogant group drop their ego and compete for the colors? That's what I'm waiting to see this Sunday. And you got Mahomes and company coming in. That's why I love talking to the DOC. And of course, I follow him on Twitter at Rick Doc Walker. He's got a great podcast. He's doing the, the, the Rick Doc Walker podcast back in D.C. He runs D.C., Michael. I, I know this because I ran with Doc for, for a number of years. But, Doc, to that end, if you're going to turn this around like you did in year one with Joe Gibbs and like they did in the Marty Schottenheimer era there in the one year he was there in D.C., how do you do it? Because to, to the what we're talking about with the defense, it looks like a train wreck. I like Taylor Heineke. But I think Michael brought up a good point that the more and more you see of him, you see why, you know, this wasn't a, a highly drafted kid coming out of Old Dominion. And maybe he does have some physical liabilities. Doc, are they good enough offensively to make up for the defensive liabilities that they currently have? No, no. And and, and to me, I'm, I'm of the George Allen era type guy. I believe if that was my asset, my offense has to support it, which would mean I'm running between the tackles. We got a big old ugly offensive line. And they got him in a two-point stance backing up. I don't believe in that, but I'm not the guy running their offense. But if it's me, it's slogger knocker. We're coming off the ball. And if you little light in the box, like Kansas City will be now with a couple of their best players out, brother, you in for a nosebleed. Because <laughs> we're going to go two tight ends, and we're running downhill. But if I'm trying to audition for a job, as all the young coordinators throughout football do now, I have to audition I got to put my resume out, empty backfield. Third and one, we're in the empty backfield. I'm going like Lombardi said, what the hell is going on out there? I don't get it. You know, and so I can't keep my blood pressure intact. I just just back them up no matter what. But to me, it's crazy. 
You know, today they had an hour practice, and, and it was a light practice, and it's already over with. I just read on Twitter that it's already over, and they've got a bunch of injuries, which is some of the problems. But, I mean, do you think that Rivera can get this turned around, Doc, or do you think this is just going to continue trending in the wrong direction? He's got to show it. I call it the lingerie training camp. We had games week three in preseason. We got a rookie out of out of Kentucky. He does not play. I did the Lombardi thing again. What the hell's going on out there? We got a rookie linebacker that doesn't play in a preseason game who clearly is not grasping this system. So I go, okay, I'll give you five, six weeks. We got 12 games to go. I'm not I, – uh, Ross loves this right now because I'm in pain. <laughs> See? But I'm not pushing the panic button, okay? So we still got them twice. We got the Eagles and we got the Giants. We still got a division. So – I'm not jumping off the ship. I'm backing them. But right now, they're in a little trouble, and they got to drop their egos and play football. Okay, Michael, a quick backstory here is we were at uh, Jerry World back in uh, 2012, I believe it was RG3's rookie year, and we were doing a post-game show together. And Doc Walker on live television, Michael, called it a chrome urinal. That's what he called Jerry World. <laughs> Right there. So this guy bleeds burgundy and gold. That's why I love having him on the program. But I do like that you're a truth teller, Doc. And you don't sugarcoat. A loss is a loss. You don't want to care. You don't hear about moral victories and all those things. You're tough on the ones that you expect the most out of. Who do you expect the most out of of this team going forward? We've got about one minute to go. What players specifically are you calling out to be better? The more you make, the better you have to play. Play up to your contract. Until somebody comes to that pay window on Monday and rejects your check, all the guys that make the money, earn it. That's all I'm saying. I'm not jumping on no free agent. I'm jumping on the guys with the big bonuses, driving the Bentleys and the Rolls Royces. Play like it, and then we're all good. Michael, see why I love having the yeah. DSC around. I love them. Yeah, it's. I mean, look, he's right. They got. You know, it's one thing to be a first round pick. It's another thing to play like it. You know, and just because you're a first-round pick doesn't mean the other team's going to lay down and not block you. And, look, there's got to be attention to detail. It's hard to win in this league. But if they don't turn it around, they're going to, you know, the, the Chiefs will put a 49 spot on them in a hurry. Absolutely. Again, you got to follow them. I love our effort. Otherwise, I'd be killing them. I'm, 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 I trust in them. they got to play smart. All right, you got to follow him on Twitter at Rick Doc Walker. Check out his podcast. He is the DOC. He, hey, does, on, baby. he does run hey, Washington, D.C. I pray for you, Thank you, Doc. <laughs> we are back. More. Lou Finicaro is going to join us right after a very short break talking NFL and UFC. It's the Lombardi line right here on Visa the Sports Betting Network. Get ready for all the action this NBA season with the VEASAN Basketball Betting Experts. Grab your copy of the VEASAN Pro Basketball Betting Guide now with strategies, predictions, and best bets to stay ahead of the odds makers. Our hoop experts, including Jonathan Von Tobel, provide strategy and advice as well as predictions for conference winners, win totals, playoff teams, and player awards. This digital guide is a must-have, so give yourself a betting edge this season and get your copy now for only $9.99 at VEASAN.com. Slash subscribe back here on the Lombardi line. I am Dave Ross alongside Michael Lombardi. 
And Michael, it's always great to have Lou Finicaro hop on the program yeah. and talk NFL. But you know, at the end of the, the segment, we got to sneak in some UFC. You guys are going to go do your thing. Yeah, that's right. I take off. That's right. I'll okay. take the break. Just just making sure because Lou gives out winners yeah. and the people demand it when we have Lou on the program. Lou, great to have you back on. Let's talk NFL here. And I look at the Cardinals and the Browns, and we saw this line open up at MGM at two and a half, kind of uptick to three. The undefeated Arizona Cardinals, no respect here, getting points on the road. What do you make of this matchup? Uh, I think it's going to be a great matchup. I want to thank you and Michael for having me on, of course. Uh, As far as the Browns and the Cardinals are concerned, you know, I keep looking for the Cardinals to stub their toe, and they continue to surprise me by playing uh, really comprehensive, good football, offense, defense, special teams. This week, though, uh, they're going to go on the road. They're going to go up to Cleveland. You got uh, 19-mile-an-hour winds forecast, uh, plus they're missing their tight end, uh, Max Williams, off an injury last week. Uh, It's still a little bit early because we don't get practice reports quite yet on Wednesday morning uh, when we tape right now. But uh, I'm looking for Cleveland to try and bounce off a disappointing loss last week where they played good enough to win just got caught in front of San Diego. And I think that the key to this game is gonna be Cleveland's running game that will control the ball against an Arizona rush defense. It's probably the weakest component of their team as well. Arizona relies on the big ball in the pass and that could be uh, hampered to some degree in that wind and weather in Cleveland. You know, Lou, I think this is an injury report game before you go in a direction. You know, Chandler Jones today is going to miss practice because of COVID. That's significant. That is significant. If he's not on the field, this really opens up some liability in the secondary for the Cardinals in terms of can they rush the passer effectively. And... And then you got the Browns, you know, Willis missed last game. They also lost Conklin. Are the two tackles going to come back? I think it's a lot about the injury history, but right now Arizona worries me the most. And I don't know how healthy Murray was last week watching him play uh, against the 49ers. The 49ers really stopped them pretty well. The one thing I will say is that Arizona is so reliant on Murray. If he goes down, that whole house of cards implodes, and and uh, I I know you call him beep beep, uh, <laughs> appropriately so, uh, but he has been dinged a little bit, and he's going into a, a place in Cleveland uh, that's got a very balanced team, offense, defense, special teams, just as well as Arizona. Yeah, gentlemen, let's talk a little no bit doubt. about. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about the Seahawks and the Steelers here because Lou. When you look at these teams now and you go, no Russell Wilson here, and we know the Steelers' offense has been absolutely terrible, but they showed big strides last week against Denver. You're not necessarily on a side, but you like the total in this one. What do you like? Look ahead line for this a week ago was 48. Obviously, Russell Wilson was expected to play. Now we look at it, it's at 42. Uh, So six points adjustment for Russell Wilson. While on the surface, that fact I think that this number has been uh, over, there's been an overreaction in the number. First of all, uh, Geno Smith, he's not Russell Wilson. Mm -hmm. Uh, We know that, but 
Uh, last I looked, the two receivers in the tight end for Seattle didn't change, and these guys can catch a football. As well, Seattle's had 10 days to prepare for this game. I think the extra time is going to manifest itself in points for Seattle. Maybe not like they were going to get with Russell, but they're going to score some points. And really, for a team in Pittsburgh with an offense that needs to get right, Boy, the elixir for getting right is to play the Seattle defense. So I don't believe that the reaction from 48 to 42 is warranted. At least it's not six points warranted. I like there's I think there's going to be points I like over 42 in this football game. You know, when you watch the Denver game last week, I mean, uh, Big Ben made a couple throws, just a couple. I mean, and he got a huge break on a pass interference call in the right corner that I never thought it was. They really went after Kyle Fuller of the Denver Broncos, and they were successful going after him, and Ben made some throws. And I think what we're going to find out about this Seattle team is that Russell was the great deodorant, that he hit a lot of their sins, particularly on defense. And we know they're not great on defense, but offensively, where are they? I think this pass rush for Pittsburgh last week, it really didn't bother Bridgewater as much. He was uncomfortable early in the game, got better later. But I, I, I do think Lou's right. I think Gino will throw the football and he'll make some plays. He did it against the Rams. And I like that 42 seems too low to me, especially as bad as Seattle is on defense. Right, I'm going to hold my nose and take the over there and listen to you gentlemen on that one. Let's talk about the Titans and the Bills here because we had Steve Mackinan on in the first hour. And he said, Buffalo's not quite a public team yet, Lou, but I think they're going to get there. But still, are you finding any value in this matchup with the Titans this weekend? Well, talk about holding your nose. Here's here's a position that you're going to be required to. Uh, the reason I fall for Tennessee here, I keep harping on this look-ahead line. Uh, I just do things the way I do them, and I try and battle over reaction. The look-ahead line on this game was two and a half. Now the line is five, meaning Buffalo's giving five, and we're seeing sixes. I think that Tennessee, with eight days off to prepare for this game, a good, strong running game, uh, I really am not afraid. I think there's too much overreaction, and the Bills coming off a highly emotional game with Kansas City last week and go into a bye next week. Uh, I, I'm willing to uh, hold my nose and go Tennessee in this position based on overreaction. You know, and, and but Tennessee, you're I, I, a stronger man than I, Lou. <laughs> Tennessee's defense is so bad. I mean, you know, that game, and I was on I was on Jacksonville's side, and so it looks like you were the right wearer. But when, when you watch that game closely, they got a fourth and one at the one, and Jacksonville didn't quarterback sneak it. They just tried to hand it off. That's a close game. That's a really close game. And, you know, they and, and Jacksonville moved the ball effortlessly against this Tennessee team that did have their players back. You know, they did have Bud Dupree back, who has been – I haven't seen Bud Dupree make a play yet. Mm. They paid him all this money. They had Caleb Farley on the field. I didn't see him cover anybody. They've got Janoris Jenkins, the Jackrabbit. I mean, I worry about their defense. Their defense is not good. But what I do like about Tennessee is their head coach. I do think in these moments is when he gets his team to play its absolute best – We've seen it before. They beat Kansas City in Tennessee in a, in a weird game. Kansas, Kansas City missed a field goal at the end. So, you know, five and a half, it's a lot of points, especially if you believe in Vrabel like you and I do, Lou. All right, we've got our uh, VEASAN contributor for a couple more minutes, Lou Finnecaro. You can follow him on Twitter, at GamLou. 
I do want to talk a little UFC shameless plug because Lou's going to join us on uh, First Strike again this week on Visa. It's a great program, if, if I may say so myself. Well, let's get to the main event this Saturday night when we got Aspen Ladd taking on Norma Dumont here. Uh, the dog in this fight, she's on the comeback, is plus 125. Aspen Ladd's been in some scraps where she's been down and has come back to win. Small favorite here, I'd say at minus 150. What do you make of this main event matchup? Aspen Ladd's a 135-pound fighter that can't make 135 pounds. In fact, two weeks ago, she missed and uh, had to fall out of that fight. Uh, now she takes a quick turnaround two weeks later to step up to 145, where we know she'll make the weight. But there's questions about how she's going to recover from that weight miss. She was shaky on the scale. Mm. Now she has to re-prepare, rehydrate for a new fight at 145. And she fights a fighter in Dumont that's a legitimate, legitimate 145-er. Come fight night, DeMond's going to weigh 155, 157 pounds. So I worry about Aspen Ladd dealing with a larger lady, and I think DeMond the dog is live, Dave. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you on that. And, again, I, I think that's why you, very astute observations, certainly when you're at those weigh-ins, you can glean a little bit of how tough these weight cuts can be. Let's get to Chicago's finest, uh, Andre Olavsky, the former heavyweight champion of the world back in the day in the UFC, taking on Carlos Felipe. And a lot of times you look at these fights here and Lou, you go, well, you got the, the old guard against the young guard here. Is this the passing of the guard on Saturday night? Well, it, it, you know, Arlovska, Arlovsky, uh will lose five fights in a row and then he'll win seven. He's really streaky. Uh, at 42 years old, he's lost a lot of athleticism and movement, but he's still guy, beguiling. He's, he's very experienced. Pessoa, excuse me, his opponent, um, Felipe, is is a pure madman. I think <laughs> Felipe could catch him. I do like Felipe in this spot a little bit, Dave. All right, we'll talk much more in detail on First Strike on VEASAN on Friday, so check out for that programming. Lou, always appreciate the time and the information, my friend. Thank we'll you, catch Lou. up again soon. Thanks, Thank you, Lou. man, and good luck to everybody. All right, when we come back, Scott Smith, he runs things down there in Tampa. we got the Buccaneers in action tomorrow night against the Eagles. We'll break it all down when you come back with us right here on the Lombardi Line on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Get your payout before the game's out with BetMGM. Place a money line wager on any Thursday night game, and if your team is up by 10 or more points at halftime, you win. That's a full payout for only half the game, no matter what happens the rest of the way. Simply go to your BetMGM account and opt in each week to the Thursday halftime promotion. Want to keep things rolling? We'll try BetMGM's extensive live betting options in the third quarter. Or use your winnings to place a one-game parlay on Sunday. New to BetMGM? We'll download the app and see how you can turn halftime into cash time. Make a Moneyline bet on Thursday night, and if your team is up by 10 or more, you're going to win at the half. Only at BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, opt-in required. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada or Pennsylvania. Dave Ross alongside Michael Lombardi here on the Lombardi Line. And Michael, back in my D.C. days, my desk 
was directly in front of our next guest, Scott Smith, the Fox 13 sports director in Tampa Bay, joins us. And Scotty and I had some very interesting conversations back to, back in the day. One thing you should know about Scott, he's a diehard Detroiter now making his way down in Tampa Bay. And all I'm going to say, Scotty, is your Lions are awful, but you go down to Tampa. I know they give Brady the credit. They didn't win anything till you got down there. So can you take partial credit for the resurgence sure. of the Buccaneers? Yeah, I could take credit for that. I could take credit for the, the lightning. And uh, I don't know what happened the other night with the race. But other than that, uh, yeah, things have been good here in uh, in Tampa Bay. As far as Detroit, this is this is just nothing new. Yeah, we're not. We're, we're, <laughs> what, what they would do if they actually uh, yeah, started winning, I don't Detroit. know what I'd do with myself. Right. <laughs> Let's talk so about true. Thursday night's game here, Michael, because uh, certainly when you look at Tom Brady, Excuse me, Scotty, I get emotional when you come on the show. We know he's got a thumb issue here, and they say he's going to be okay. And as a, a player like myself, Scotty, I'm gonna, this is a teasable scenario for me with the Bucks because I saw it a couple weeks ago in New England. They didn't cover the bigger number, but they still managed a, a way to win the game. Are, are you a little bit nervous about this one going on the road in Philadelphia if you're laying the seven and you're a Bucks backer because of Brady's health, or is he okay to go? I'm nervous a little bit about maybe that number, not because of Brady's health, though. In the second half of, of Sunday's game, he still threw 13 to 16 for 175 yards and two tutties. So uh, I'm not too worried about Brady's health. I think he's going to be able to play through whatever this thumb injury is. He's had it wrapped up at practice all week. Um, but it's not like splinted up. It's just he's, ta he's taking tape to himself. He's taping himself up uh, prior to practice. So, uh, you know, what I'd be a little nervous about is the short week for these guys and the fact that it, for whatever reason, and we saw this last year, that there was a little bit of issue with this team when it came to primetime games. Uh, they were one in, they won one game in four primetime games last year. Uh, this year, they've, they've been okay. They, they're 2-0 and in, in those primetime games. But, uh, yeah, I think the short week is, is a little, is little nerve-wracking, especially when you're looking at the health on specifically the defensive side of the ball. Uh, guys trying to get back in time, a guy like Antoine Winfield Jr., their safety, he's been in concussion protocol. We should find word after practice today whether or not he's going to travel with the team here uh, later today. And then, uh, you know, Rob Gronkowski, you know, whether mm. he's going to play through those fractured ribs. B.A. says that, you know, this week he's he's looked good. He's been encouraged by what he's seen. But uh, that's going to be another decision they have to make today whether he travels. You know, when I watch the Bucks tape, Steve, I, I, I mean, I marvel, uh, Scott, I, I marvel at the – uh, Fournette, Leonard Fournette. I mean, I, the way they're utilizing him in the passing game, the way he's running the football, it's kind of remarkable that, you know, we didn't see this. He, you know, he was the fourth pick overall in a draft, and now all of a sudden he looks like the fourth pick in the draft. And, and you know, to me, he gives them a dimension that even though he was on the team last year, I don't think they had this kind of player last year. No, and we saw kind of playoff Lenny, so to speak. That's what they're calling him down here, or Lombardi Lenny. But uh, kind of find his own little niche in this offense, really in the postseason last year. And he's taken that mantle and run with it here, uh, figuratively, literally. Uh, in in as far as attempts go, you know, when he's getting when he's getting the opportunity, he's making good on that. And that, of course, when you're throwing the ball 40 times a game, uh, it's going to set up the stuff underneath, and it's going to give him an opportunity to break through some of those some of those holes. So. You know, I think he's he's been the, uh, the beneficiary of a high-flying offense, but uh, certainly he still has that make-you-miss, and uh, he's he's been one of the more compelling components of this offense, for sure. Talking with Scott Smith, you can follow him on Twitter, as I do, at ScottSmithFox13, the sports director at Fox uh, in Tampa. And, Scotty, when I, when I look at Tom Brady, and I think you know how I feel about the guy, and you've been with him now for a couple of years down there in Tampa, 
you know, I, I get on a lot of people that try to tell me, well, hey, he's got the seven Lombardis, but I mean, I just, the conversation has to stop with the seven Lombardis. What is it that you've seen with Brady personally that is a tangible difference that he has made, obviously, to them getting that Lombardi trophy last year? It's accountability. I mean, without question, like the, the amount of accountability that he's brought to uh, a franchise that that has done really nothing over the last decade plus uh, is has been all the difference in the world. They had talented playmakers offensively. They had a, a, a young defense uh, when he came in that had some pieces. But really, I think his his expectation of winning, of bouncing back uh, short memories on tough losses. Uh, he's brought a lot of intangibles to that locker room and, and really gotten the best out of the guys around him. And, and I think for all that Brady brings in terms of his arm strength and his accuracy, and, and we can go down the numbers, but I think it's all the, all the, the intangible things that he has brought this expectation. I mean, he's got a, he's got an offensive line that will, I mean, this week, Tristan Wirfs, the right tackle. Uh, he came into the league protecting Tom Brady as a rookie. And, and he says, I just don't, I want to protect my quarterback. I don't want him to get sacked. Like there's a personal component when, when they went up to new England, I mean, it wasn't just Brady's return. It was this whole team wanting to win on Brady's behalf. And so that, that part of Brady's presence in that locker room and on the field, I think is, is done wonders for this team to bring him and that bring line, the best out of them. And that line will be tested. Cause the one thing about playing the Philadelphia Eagles is, is this will yeah. be truly a test for Brady and how they handle the inside because Hargrave is playing at an extremely high level at one of the defensive tackles to go along with Fletcher Cox, the two best players on the Eagles. If they give Brady time to throw the ball in this game, uh, then then that will really make – then they'll cover this line easily. If they don't, this is going to be a slugfest into the fourth quarter. And I think the way that Todd Bowles has adapted his defense, it's going to be interesting in this game to see how he handles Jalen Hurts. Because you're going to see – Scott, you're going to see the Oklahoma offense without the Sooner Schooner coming around the corner. Because <laughs> that's really what Philadelphia runs. They run Oklahoma's offense, and it's a lot of run, and it's a lot of – RPO stuff with Jalen Hurts. It's really no rhythm or rhyme. They really struggled last week to handle the front of Carolina. They were fortunate to get out of there with the win. So is the Bucks defensive front, are they as healthy as they were last week? Yeah, I think they're a little bit healthier. I mean, JPP being back and having a game under his belt, I know that he's still dealing with his own hand issue. Uh, but I, I think that they're, they're healthy, and uh, they've, they've picked it up in terms of quarterback pressures throughout the course of the season steadily. I mean, Shaq Barrett has been getting to the quarterback pretty consistently, hasn't really gotten credit for some of the plays that he's, that he's made. I mean, he's had a couple fumble sack fumbles uh, taken away from him this year, uh, but they're providing pressure. You know, the, the interesting thing guys is that they're facing a quarterback that, uh, you know, as you mentioned, can hurt you as a, as an RPO quarterback. And the guys that they've been successful against are guys that are statues back there in the, in the backfield uh, that they are able to, to, you know, bend the corner on. And, you know, I, I kind of think back to that Washington game last year in the playoffs and, and a guy like Taylor Heineke, and, and he certainly hurt them. What he brought to the field was something that, uh, that had this defense on its heels throughout the game. So if Jalen hurts can do something similar, that can pose some problems. Uh, but health-wise, look, there's, their secondary is, is obviously hurting. Uh, not having Carlton Davis out there, not having Levante David out there uh, inside linebacker. I mean, he's kind of the heart and soul of this defense. That is going to hurt. But in terms of the big guys up front, uh, I think they're healthy, and I think they're motivated after kind of some duds in terms of sack numbers 
through the first three games, they've been turning it on the last two weeks. All right, great having Scott Smith on, of course, Fox 13 Sports Director in Tampa. Scotty, very quickly, uh, where are you? Because I'm just looking at your background. Is that your locker behind you? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to change into my game uni here in a second. Um, no, this is the sports office. <laughs> sports office. Yeah, I got uh, my favorite cardboard cutouts here behind me. We got uh, Chase Elliott and uh, and Kyle Bush. So, okay. I noticed you, you brought know, the big, big board. We're big in a NASCAR down here. I noticed you brought the big board from our D.C. office, yeah. and you brought it down to Tampa with you. I see that. Yeah, we still do things analog down here. We got a bunch <laughs> of tapes, too. Uh, you know, we, we want to pay homage to the past here. We don't want to just continue, you know, move on to the uh, – to the next wave. Yeah, we, we have the big board. For that's sure. that's what I'm talking about. You got to follow my guy, Scotty Smith. Follow him on Twitter at Scott Smith Fox 13. Uh, Scott, it's great having you, man. Good to see you again. Uh, thanks for coming Thank you, on. Scott. And uh, best of it. luck to your box as you go for another Super Bowl title along with Tom Brady and the rest of the guys. You got that right. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. Michael, yeah, it's been a lot of fun, obviously, on the program today. Uh, but very quickly, final thoughts, because I, I want to back the Bucks in this uh, situation, but I get the feeling that you kind of think this could be a little trappy here, uh, leaving those yeah, seven points. I think it could be. I think the. I think it's going to be about the pressure. I think it's going to be about the can they block him. If they block him early, this is an in-game betting game for me. If they block him, Brady will throw it. If Brady struggles and they move him off the spot, he doesn't have the movement that Mahomes did to get out of it. And Mahomes is able to make some play with his feet. So that's where I am on that one. Okay. Uh, obviously a great show today. I want to thank Lou Finnecaro, Rick Doc Walker, Steve Mackin, and of course, Scotty Smith for joining us here on the Lombardi line. Michael, always enjoy the conversation. Thank We're you, back David. here. Appreciate it's you. The Sports Betting Network. 